right. We're here today with Clint Franklin from fucking Recorruptor. What's up, man? What's up? How you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? Doing well, thanks. I uh, appreciate you, you know, taking some time out of your Sunday evening to to hang out and bullshit with me. Yeah, of course, man. Anytime. You've been a longtime supporter of the band, and I always appreciate that. Fuck yeah, yeah. What? Uh, I I guess I found out about you at um at a Battlecross show. Yeah. Uh, what? Probably uh, Winter Warriors, the 2016. 15 or 16 something like that yeah, yeah i think that's what it was yeah yeah one of those it's about when i got acquainted with a lot of the uh battle cross fans unite people right on mm-hmm. so uh i'm gonna start from the beginning what made you say uh you know i want to go into music um well that's tough um because i did i did a lot of musical theater when i was in school um as young as uh eight years old probably so i've always been pretty ingrained in music which is my family says a little weird because there's nobody that's really musically inclined in within my family so it just kind of came out of nowhere um but i didn't start doing anything um band related until I was probably 13 I would say um my dad got a guitar for Christmas and just my mom got it for him and he never played with it and I kind of just started picking it up and learning all the you know smoke on the water and thunderstruck and you know all that kind of stuff and whatever and it just took off uh and got my first guitar when I my first actual guitar when I was 14 and just been been playing in bands ever since um it wasn't until I joined my first real band that wasn't doing like that was actually doing originals and stuff um that I started doing like vocals for that kind of stuff and it was really just out of necessity uh all my friends were getting into it and starting bands and I was like oh yeah you know if you want to another guitarist i'd definitely be down and whatever and they were like no way loser we already got another guitarist (laughs) thanks buddy (laughs) we need a singer (laughs) we need a singer and i was like i guess i could try that and whatever and i kind of just went from there right on that's when the shirt came off you're like that's right right. (laughs) (laughs) yeah i never used to do that with my old band but as soon as i joined recorruptor that was uh that was all I was doing. I don't know if there's a correlation in the fact that once I joined Recorruptor, I um started gaining a lot of weight and started getting sweatier on stage and then had a necessity to take the shirt off or not. But <laughs> so did that did that correlate with who is now your wife? Like um a few years a couple years after that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, so yeah. <laughs> she likes yeah. it too. Yeah. that's awesome so she's in the metal you guys like go to a lot of shows do a lot of stuff yeah 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 she's into metal she's always been into metal um she hasn't always been into my type of metal um and never went to shows before um we started i was actually her first concert ever um playing because we used to work together that's how we met um used to work together and I convinced 
Westminster to come out and see a show and and it was kind of it from there. And she Hell goes yeah. and she we go to shows all the time. She loves it. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's my so my wife is uh she's a hippie. Oh <laughs> but but she goes to a lot of metal shows. Like she, you know, of course we don't get to see Battlecross anymore, but she would love yeah. going to to see Battlecross. She loves Goat Whore Live. Yeah. Like, and it's funny to go from Grateful Dead and like Dave Matthews to to that, you know. Right. Yeah, I feel it. And she's got the um, you know, she's got the other side where she's, you know, Blair and Beyonce or one of her musicals or you know, any like she listens to everything. Not country. We don't fuck with that here. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. No country. Get get out of here with that. That's right. <laughs> That's funny shit. Yeah. Uh so when did was Recorruptor already together when you joined or was it like a, you were like, hey, I want to do this thing with a bunch of your friends? Um, yeah, no, they were they were already together. I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily say they were established, but they were um, together. Dustin, the original guitarist, um, he used to watch my old band all the time. Um, so that's kind of how he started getting into the music thing and started Recorruptor with some other dudes at the time he was like 13 maybe 13 14 years old somewhere in that realm so he was real young and he had you know dudes that were in that realm so while he was kind of just starting you know with some dudes that were also just simply interested in starting something like that I was already seasoned um in doing this for a few years um and at the time I was booking shows in the Lansing area uh specifically Uli's House of Rock quite a bit um and I had a show where I had a Florida band coming up and needed some support and Dustin had not you know done a show yet um in Lansing or well I think they did a couple shows in Lansing maybe at Max or something um but they hadn't done anything like big and this was supposed to be like a bigger show so um I put them on the show and at the time their vocalist went missing for whatever reason um and yeah they just lost contact <laughs> he's lost like contact. fuck yeah. you i'm out of here yeah right they couldn't get a hold of him um and uh so he was like i don't want to cancel this show and i was like well fuck it i just left my other band i don't care about filling in on vocals for a set it's i'm already gonna be there so might as well um so i did that um and it felt good enough to where i was just like yeah i'm just if you can't figure out where your vocalist is at, I'll just, <laughs> I'll just do it. You know what I mean? And that's, that's kind of how that came to be. So, um, nice. so at the time it was just Dustin and myself with, um, another drummer named Drew, who was also Dustin's age. So it was, you know, the couple of 13 year olds and then me who was, you know, a college student or just out of college or something like that. Um, so it was just us for a three piece for a while. And then Seth, 
I played with Seth for the longest time in my old band because we grew up together. And uh, he wasn't, because I had exited the previous band, he was still kind of doing it um, a little bit. And they didn't really end up like doing anything else. So he was just like, yeah, I'll just join up and, you know, get that working. He said, I'll join you and the kids and let's do something. That's right. You know, those are some pretty crazy days. They're, you know, really talented, you know, from, yeah. from the get go and, you know, full of fire. And, um, there was a, there was a fun time, fun period of the band and yeah. Yeah, and then everyone grows up and things change and right the band keeps going. So right, yeah, because Dustin's not even in the band anymore, so he hasn't been in the band for a few years now. So now, I mean, there's not if you want to be technical, there's no original members in the band anymore. But everybody that's in the band has been on all the records anyway. So right, it's not you know it's yeah. kind of like an Opeth situation where. Michael Affenfeld's not really a member, an original member of the band, but I mean, we all know it's his band anyway. So for sure. Yeah. Well, that's cool. So, uh, what, what led up to like, when did the first album get released? Um, so blood moon dropped in 2017, October of 2017. Um, and I would say, five of the eight songs that are on that well it's nine tracks but the first one's an intro um so five of the eight songs were songs that we had been playing in that original lineup with myself and dustin and drew and seth um drew eventually left the band um to pursue other things in life and that's when we ended up getting acquainted with josh uh who you know summon of course big you know black metal band in the area throughout the 90s and early 2000s um so we got him on board and it was like a total game changer all the songs ended up getting revamped and you know reworked so that way it matched with the technicality that he was bringing to the band um and then for the longest time it was just us you know we were, it was just us four and we never really had a solid bassist until Alex came along. We had a couple of guys that like was in or played a couple of shows with us for a minute and it didn't really work out. But once Alex came in, um, we finally rounded up the lineup. And when Alex came in, that was his first show was the Battlecross show. Um so <laughs> and if i recall right that was either sold out or just close to sold out so yeah that's kind of a crazy show to be your first show ever and he never played in the band before either so that was crazy oh, yeah. for him that's um, a hell that's a hell of a first show and you know I, those crowds like they they always get a little rowdy right yeah oh yeah that yep and i think it was our second time in detroit too um because a few months previous, we had played the same spot with cattle decapitation, and nobody really knew who we were at the time. Um, and we played first, so we, I mean, we played to a crowd, but not nearly as big of a crowd as what ended up being that night. Um, so we had people um, there that ended up latching onto the band pretty hard, and one of those 
people was um Tyron from Battlecross and um and Don, of course, Don Don really liked us too. Um I'm pretty sure they were the two people that were there that night. Um so um we got Alex on board. He did that show and he was like, cool, what's next? And I was like, all right, we're recording next month. <laughs> so <laughs> he Surprise. really got put. Yeah. <laughs> so he really got put through the ringer fast. Um, and we did that up in Sparta, which is north of Grand Rapids. Um, spent about, I think it was three weekends doing that. Um so I would say, I mean, probably a total of six or seven days recording the album. And uh, yeah, uh, we dropped it in 2017 and then, yeah, I think it was about three years until the next one. But that, yeah, that first record definitely got our name out there a little yeah. bit, even if, in my personal opinion, it doesn't have the greatest sound. Um, it It's still, you know, the talent's there, I feel like you can hear you can hear Dustin's raw playing bleeding through it. And I mean, Josh's drums still sound good and whatever, you know, um, well, you know, I think it's it, people often want to wait till everything sounds perfect and it's really perfect to get something out there. And mm -hmm. th they're always so critical. It never really happens. Yeah. Right. And then you've got bands who you've got to start somewhere. So you, you throw something out and you look back, you know, when it comes out, you're like, awesome. Right. We got something mm -hmm. out. And then you look yeah. back and you go, Oh man, it could be better here and there. And well, yeah, I agree with you. And in that way too, um, that really was where we were at with it was we'd been playing the, well, Dustin had been playing the Lansing circuit since 2013 and we've been playing, you know, as a unit since 2014 even you know around and we needed something on tape for sure i think we had home recorded maybe three or it was like four or five songs or something and kind of put that on a band camp and whatever but it was just basement demo stuff so no biggie and we handed it out for free um just at wherever we were at get the name yeah. out there a little bit um but once we got the record out that definitely made people pay attention a lot more um i think people even if it doesn't sound the greatest people were more concerned with wow this is a michigan band that has that i mean they're going blisteringly fast because i mean if anybody's ever heard josh play he he's insanely fast um and you know obvious black dahlia um influence there you know and um big time cattle decapitation stuff like that and that wasn't really going on at the time there was a lot of you know there were a lot of bands that were more leaning towards deathcore style you yeah. know what i mean and that's i that's kind of that's kind of sorry tripping over my words that's going to be pretty consistent more and more as time goes on it's just that's the big thing in metal is deathcore for sure um that being said, there's been a lot more of a market for what we do um, in the last 10 years, especially. Um, a lot of bands have emerged in popularity that might not might have been um, overlooked in favor of more deathcore oriented bands. Um, but uh, yeah, at the time, there wasn't a lot of bands doing what we were doing in the scene. And now a lot of bands are 
you know, kind of following suit with that stuff too. Um, yeah. I'm not saying we're some kind of trailblazer or anything like that. I'm just saying that at the time there wasn't really a big market in Michigan for what we were doing. And by the time we had released that album, we had bands like Carnus and Mortalis and Throne and, uh, um, the other one that I'm thinking of. Um, yeah, I'm not gonna sit here and try and. Back my <laughs> yeah, about it's it, like but, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, um, but I mean, those are just a couple names that come to mind, and we were yeah. playing with. We started playing more and more with bands like that that were more similar to our sound, and now we have plenty of bands that sound like that, and it's really awesome. Um, but yeah, it's it did a lot for us, and it got us on a lot of big shows. Um, which was really cool. I appreciate that, even if I don't listen to the record as much anymore and if we don't really play a lot of songs from it nowadays yeah well you know you're getting older and the sounds evolved and you know now you've got new songs and you really want to you know focus on those because you're going to play those out right right exactly so what uh you know as far as shows go what's been like your favorite show that you guys have played um hmm I'd probably say there's a couple of contenders. Um, Early on, the big one, I know you mentioned Goat Whore, about your wife really loving Goat Whore. Um, Our first real big gig was on my 21st birthday, and we opened up for Goat Whore at Max Bar. It was sold out, and I got to party with the band the whole night, like, till, like, 3 a.m. It was crazy. I loved it. Yep. (laughs) That's a hell of a way to ring in 21. Yeah, Sammy knows how to get after it, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 So that was really cool. They were really awesome with us. Um, And I think that was probably the moment when a lot of people took notice um, to us in the Lansing scene, too, because we'd been gigging um, here and there. Um, But that was like the first time when we were on a lineup that really made sense to us. Cause it was them and, um, a thrash band out of Missouri called black fast. Oh, I like them. Yeah. Black fast was on it. Um, and then us and, uh, Genesiah at the time was a local band. Um, that was, they, they'd been around for a lot, a long time. Uh, couple of those dudes are in centenary now centenary yeah yeah yep so when we played that show especially with having sold over half the tickets ourselves and then the other half of the room not really knowing who we were i think a lot of people took notice to that um and showed how much of a force we were to be reckoned with at the time so that would probably be number one. Um, I would say the other one would probably be opening for Cannibal Corpse at the intersection because that right was the on. first time we'd done like a big, big show like that. Um, we'd opened for big bands before like that, like Cattle and Battle Cross. And um, we did Morbid Angel and Suffocation, but that was at the Crowfoot and we were on a side stage. So it wasn't really, what up, Kitty? <laughs> That's, um that's Sophia. Yay, Sophia. She's a pretty girl. Um but that was like we'd asked or we'd um 
we'd emailed to be on the show when they announced it would be support because it was cannibal hate eternal in harm's way and right they on. said they wanted a local because it was like a tuesday night to help bring in some ticket sales and whatnot um and we'd only played the intersection once before that um my old band played there a couple of times so i had some connections there um but Recorruptor only ever played there once in the front room for like a multi-genre bash all day thing that didn't really make sense for us to be on but it was it was you know we wanted to play grand Rapids, so yeah we did it um so we didn't really expect to get on it especially with how many you know like obviously no shade of the guys but we knew withhold the blood got a lot of those shows at the time withhold the blood was really big from the muskegon area and they were getting a lot of the bigger shows and we knew there were a couple other bands that you know, we're pretty good mainstays at the intersection. And then apparently one of the security guards that knew us vouched for us really hard. And they sent us the email and I freaked out. <laughs> I freaked out. <laughs> um, And it was almost sold out. It was over a thousand people in there. And I never played anything like that before. Oh, yeah. Ever, you know, and we were the only local band. So that was really cool for us. Um, so how was the crowd when you guys took the stage? Um, Surprisingly good. Most bands don't, you know what I mean? Like I, you, obviously why you asked the question, because most opener bands don't really elicit that much of a reaction unless there's something super special, you know what I mean? But we sold quite a bit of tickets for it. Um, We only had like two weeks to do it too. Um, But as soon as we announced the show, everybody was like, yeah, I'm absolutely going now. There's not a question. Um, so we sold a lot of tickets for it in the first place. And, um, I think, I don't know if just people knew us more than we anticipated, or if we really just did impress that much, but we couldn't walk five feet in one direction the entire night without getting stopped by somebody. It was, I'll, it I'll, was surreal. I'll tell you from, from my first experience seeing you guys, it's because you guys elicited that fucking response, right? <laughs> You're a tremendous, tremendous band. And the, the live show is, is fantastic. <laughs> Thanks, man. I really appreciate that. We work, we work really hard to give a show. Cause I mean, you got, that's what you're paying for. You know what I mean? I don't want to watch somebody up there and stand around like a bunch of dicks. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> so, <right? laughs> so that's what you got to do. Um, But yeah, there were plenty of people there that whole night that were, I mean, there were a number of people that thought we were on the tour. That's how it was. And I was just like, oh, we're just, so how how far you got to drive to the next place? And I was like, I'm fucking sleeping in my bed in Lansing tonight, dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I don't know what you're talking about. So, yeah. well, you know, that those sound like two fucking tremendous shows, yeah. right? And I know you guys, uh, you guys just played last night, right? Yep, yep, just playing in Kalamazoo, uh, a place called The Up and Under with Boreworm and uh, Mouthful of Locusts out of the Kalamazoo area. They're doing pretty hot right now. And uh, um, like a math core, hardcore band called Dead Hour Noise from the Lansing area. We played with them a long time, too. That was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah it was that, a good time. That math core is crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they do it. They do it real well. 
right on. Yep. So, so we've been through first album show. Um, mm -hmm. You guys put out what two albums, and then you've yep. got a couple of singles. Yep. Um. So we did. Well, we actually recorded the funeral corridor, the second album, in twenty nineteen, but it didn't come out until mid twenty twenty, um, because of well a lot of reasons um so we went in and we did the album in 2019 and it took a while to get everything like mixed and mastered um getting you know how getting the sound of what we wanted and we were um kind of having some internal problems too which ended up leading to Dustin's exit from the band um so getting that all figured out was um a bit of an obstacle because we know we wanted to make sure that if we did the album release we wanted to play off of it and we needed to find somebody that was right for the job so um in yeah the beginning of 2020 uh dustin Latner exited the band and uh we got caleb um on board and we we're like okay now we can get this figured out get the you know promo schedule out there to get this done and then COVID hit <laughs> so then we were like well do we want to release an album during COVID you know do we really want to do something like that because we won't be able to play off of it we you know how many people are really going to take notice to this um but eventually we just decided that I mean it's kind of pointless to just sit on it at this point you know we have this whole thing that's just waiting to get out there to the internet and I don't see why we shouldn't just put it out and see what people say and then if there ever comes a time in which we can actually play on it we'll play on it you know um and it did good you know we got some good promo from it um metal injection picked it up no clean scene picked it up um, a few, you know, quite a few invisible oranges, I think picked it up. So we got some good attention off of it. And, um, a lot of, you know, uh, good streaming numbers, especially for just a local band, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, who hasn't toured either. Um, so it was good. Um, we finally got to play on it in like mid late 2021, if I'm not mistaken, I don't remember whenever they lifted it. I don't remember when it was when they lifted it. Um, and we played on it a bit, and we've done good shows since then. Um, yeah, it's it's been cool. You know, we did a couple videos for it, and those you know launched off pretty good. And yeah, and then we uh yeah just did one more single with Caleb last year, uh, Malediction Upon the Holy. Yeah. And he shreds his ass off on it. Um so and that got us, you know, a little bit, you know, got people talking a little bit too. Um especially since it had been a couple of years since, you know, we'd released the album. Yeah. Um, we figured, well, we've already got all this stuff written, let's just record one, get it out there so people, you know, still remember we're a thing, especially after not having played for so long and 
whatnot. So, yeah, no, it's it was it was good. So you guys <laughs> got plans to like record more of what you've got written? So we're actually in the studio right now. Um, we have ten more. We have ten more that we're gonna put on record, and uh, yeah, it'll be good because. Probably by the time that it will release, it'll have been four years since the funeral corridor. So oh, wow. we've taken our time. Well, it's it's been a pain in the ass. Yeah. <laughs> um, because well, you know, with the whole COVID thing, we took a lot of time to write a lot of this stuff. I think probably seven of the ten songs that are on the record we wrote during that period. Um a lot different now than they were they were pretty bare bones back then but that's all right you know it is yeah. what it is you start with something and you flesh it out until it's what you feel like it is the best it can be um but uh then once you know covid restrictions lifted we decided we wanted to you know kind of shelve that for a second and get back to playing so that way we can you know garner that attention again um and then Caleb um, kind of started to have some issues with playing on stage, um, you know, like a stage anxiety and whatnot. And I get that. It happens. You know, it's no big deal. We were so he wasn't playing and we were trying to figure out, you know, like a live replacement guitarist because we still wanted him to be a part of the band. You know, he still had interest in being part of the band. Um in a writing aspect and recording aspect. So we were, you know, kind of bouncing back and forth between a couple of filling guitarists and whatnot. And um, then, you know, we started to, you know, really talk about getting this album recorded and out and whatnot. And um, well, then Caleb uh, and his wife got pregnant. And so he was dealing with that. <laughs> And then eventually, you know, eventually decided that's where his, that's where he wanted to, you know, prioritize his life was in that kid. So, and so now he's doing that and he's not with Recorruptor anymore. And we support him for that 100%. I get it. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't ever ask anybody to put their own child in front of me screaming into a microphone. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so, so now we still love him 100%. Um, but we just ultimately decided we'll just, you know, trek on and, you know, do this as a four piece for now until the right person comes along. Right on. Well, I'm sure you guys will find that, you know, someone that that fits really well. It's um, I think a lot, some bands, I was going to say a lot, but some bands really try to, you know, force something and you can tell, right. Hey, this person joined the band and they left the band. Like, yep. <laughs> like, you know, take your time, get the right person. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's ultimately what we've been talking about too, is that we just want somebody that meshes well with the band. We don't even care if they're the greatest thing in the world. You know what I mean? Right. Cause I mean, if we're being honest, if I find a, if we find a guitarist, that's as good as Caleb, I will be so surprised. Caleb is a once in a lifetime guitarist. It's not even close. He's just insane. Um, but I'd rather have somebody that um, I'd rather have somebody that meshes with us better and, you know, can still obviously play the sub. Um, somebody who wants to, you know, really contribute to the band and stick with the band for, you know, a long time. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that's, you know, that's key, right? Cause you guys, the, the band is really like a family. And if you guys aren't, if you don't mesh well, it, it kind of comes out on stage. Oh yeah. You know, uh, a bunch of brothers that you love to hate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know. I mean, look at, uh, Oasis. Right. right. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, they really can't get their shit together, can't they? <laughs> no. But you know, it is what it is. They mm-hmm. you know, they did their thing and now it's like, ah, eh, brothers. Yeah. Get away. <laughs> get away. I don't like you. Right, uh, yo. <laughs> so uh hold on. Okay, last album. You said four years, so last album was twenty twenty. So you're you're planning on that album coming out this year? Yep, that's the intention. Okay. I think uh, we're pretty hard pressed on that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you're already recording, right? You've got, you still got 11 and a half months to go. So, yeah, we'll probably spend the next two months recording, but we're only doing it on weekends. So, sure. Cause, Busy. you know, life. <laughs> yeah. <Ugh>. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, what, uh, you're going to do physical copies, right? Yep. You know, I don't think we could ever get away from that, no matter how much the world changes. Right. No, I don't think so either. I don't. I understand bands that only do digital, but I, I'm a physical copy kind of person. And I think a lot of the people that are within our realm of the metal scene uh, are always going to be. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just there's something way more palpable about holding it in your hands and looking at all the liner notes and you know, really seeing all the effort that got put into making this physical package, you know, what it is. Um, and, you know, there's just not that kind of substance in a lot of other styles of music. Um, it's, we were talking about it not too long ago. I don't know if you, um, are you, are you into Mastodon at all? Yeah, I like Mastodon. So do you have any of their, you know, like older albums in their physical copies and whatnot? Uh, Leviathan, for sure. Yeah. Okay, so that's a great example, too. Um, Because we were jamming out and I brought my Leviathan vinyl with me and I'd never opened it before. And I was absolutely blown away with how detailed it is. I mean, it's not just beyond the, you know, the normal original art that's on there. It's got the whole full spread. Yeah. of like a much bigger picture of it and it lines the entire booklet the entire you know the entire gatefold it's just way cool and it gave me i mean it's silly because i've loved the record for oh boy 15 16 years now probably since i found out the band um yeah. but uh they gave me a whole new appreciation for that stuff and i think that's really important yeah i don't think that's silly at all right like uh, I'm a little bit older, I, you know, I grew up in the seventies and eighties and, and it was, you know, my, my first experiences with, with music were these big black vinyl, Yeah, <laughs> you know, you pull it out and like, uh, I got to think probably my, the first album, the first vinyl I actually bought was Motley Crue girls, girls, girls. Nice. Nice. <laughs> right. So you pull it out, you're reading, like, you're obviously looking at the ass, but, uh, yeah. You know, you read everything like, okay, who produced it? Who, you know, who are they thinking in here? Oh, what are the lyrics to this song? And that was, you know, that, that for me is uh, why I like the the physical copy so much is it's the artist 
puts it out there. It's not like going to YouTube and going, uh, okay, what, what do they say the lyrics are for this song? Like you can actually, you know, see it. Right. Yeah. No, it's really important to me. 100%. It always will be. Um, so yeah, no, physical copies will definitely happen. Uh, CDs at least we're looking into vinyl, but we all know how expensive that is. So, Oh, well, I have an idea. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, well, you know, if you wanted to get into vinyl, um, with a lower cost threshold, one of the things you can do is you can look at doing um, singles, right? Just putting out, grabbing a couple of songs and maybe taking some things from way back and putting them on the B side. Right. Yeah. You know, Cause you can get those done for, uh, I mean, if, if you do a smaller run, you're, you're probably looking at seven or eight bucks a pop to get it done. Yeah, right. Yeah, if we were to do like a seven inch or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel that. Um, I've heard some pretty decent deals. I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think Bandcamp does this thing where you can set up a pre-order for them. Hmm. And they'll print based off of how many pre-orders you get. That's and pretty cool. send it out to you. I don't know. I I heard about that happening a couple of years ago. I don't know if they ever like went through with it or not, but that's a thing. Yeah. Maybe. Well, and you know, if that's what you're looking at, if you wanted to do like a pre-order and say, okay, we have to hit this threshold in order to, you know, in order to print them. Yeah. Uh, and we've always had a really good, like we've always had a pretty easy time getting rid of merch fast, you know? Anytime we play, we usually do real well um, with selling that stuff. So having vinyl on the table would be really cool for us because we know there's a lot of people. I mean, more now than has been in a long time yeah. that that love the vinyl. So, well, yeah, vinyl's outselling the CDs uh, yeah. has has been for a few years now. I get it. <laughs> Yeah, me too. As I sit here and look at my vinyl collection, like, right. <laughs> you know, and, and I'm that guy that if there's a band I really like and there's vinyl and even if it's one album, if they have five variants, I want all five variants. Like, yeah. I want, like, which is, you know, for a band, I feel like that's a really great, uh, it's a great avenue to, to have some income for the band because, you know, you look at streaming you know, you, you don't, you don't make shit streaming. No, no. And that's, yeah, that's a whole thing too. You know what I mean? Like it's a double-edged sword. I mean, it really screws more famous people, you know, more popular acts than it does locals. I know the, I know the smaller guy wants to complain about the way that, you know, they don't get paid for that kind of stuff. And I mean, if we're really getting down to the nitty and gritty, I think everybody should get paid properly for what they're doing. It's a lot of work to do it. It's a lot of stress. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of time. Um, and everybody should get their fair share in that regard. That oh. being said, I, as a, as a small time musician would never have gotten the kind of reach that I do without that kind of stuff. We yeah. got our Spotify stats last year and it said we were played in over like 80 some countries. Hell yeah. And we never would have gotten that without 
you know, Spotify or Apple Music or, you know, streaming in general. Yeah. We never would have gotten that kind of stuff without the internet. And um, so I guess at that point, it kind of just, it kind of just falls on hoping that, you know, the powers that be run into some kind of Ebenezer Scrooge moment where they see three ghosts and realize they need <laughs> to do the right thing and pay, you know, pay up what they yeah. should be paying up. But we know yeah. how the world works. <laughs> well, and it's, well, especially now, right? What did Spotify say? If you're not at a, a thousand monthly listeners, you're not getting shit. Yeah, you're not getting anything, right. which I mean, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if you're not getting, uh, that's just my opinion. If you're not getting a thousand monthly listeners on your shit, then you're probably not quite ready for <laughs> any of that yet. It's not, yeah. it's, you know, maybe that's just me being cocky, I guess, but it, it hasn't been difficult for us to reach that level. Yeah. I mean, it, and it's different, right? It's different for every band because they're, there are a lot of bands out there. Um, I, I had three or four send me some stuff today and I'm, I've, listen to it like one band i put it on and i got about 30 seconds in and i was like nope yeah. i just no nope. <laughs> I, I can't like yeah i i did get one from uh the netherlands that sent me some music and i oh man uh way. oh yeah it was so great just so thrashy and i Ooh. i literally only got one song in and it was like holy shit like i'm I'll dig into them more tomorrow. Uh, yeah, send me that for sure. For sure, dude. Uh, yeah. I think it's Veloza. Oh, dude. Veloza? Yeah. I'm not familiar. No. Yeah. No, me neither. And I'm like, I, I posted in some group like, hey, I'll, you know, just looking for some more bands to interview. And this guy's like, do you just want US based? Are you good with Netherlands? I was like, dude, I will. If you got good music, I will totally talk with you. Nice send it holy shit I'm like that's some good stuff yeah um i did just find in morning are you oh, familiar mm -hmm. yep. ah. yeah they're fantastic yeah like, kind of <laughs> just so damn good i'm like i i soon as i i was listening to the absence and ran across them okay yeah yeah that's definitely i mean not quite as um you know not quite as uppity as the absence is but yeah right definitely same you know similar vibes yeah so well and it's yeah similar um i don't even know it was just like it listened to the all of the absence discography and then you know spotify rolls through all these other bands yeah all right cat come on she's like <laughs> give me attention usually, uh, usually mine's over here too i don't know where she's at but, hey. <laughs> yeah. she's so sophia usually just curls up next to me and like lays there while I'm while I'm sitting here talking. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like every, every night like tonight she's she looks at me and she's like, "Okay, it's time. Come on." Yeah. And she runs downstairs and I'm like, "You got a little bit, kid. I I'll be I'll be there soon." Right. <laughs> so, what uh what bands have you ran into recently that you're really really into? Um hmm. I know the first one that comes to mind I actually listened to today if you're into any sort of at the gates style oh, um yeah. a pond stone is what they're called and it's I mean it's by the numbers at the gates worship it's 
you know, um, just right along that alley. But it doesn't sound like ripoff. You know mm. what I mean? Like it's got its own identity. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I guess maybe it's a little too early to say because I just listened to it today. But I like it better than anything that At the Gates has put out since Slaughter of the Soul. Oh wow! Yeah. yeah. Okay. But and I like those records too. So. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, it's just, it's got really infectious melodies and, um, the solos are sick. Oh yeah. It's, it's so good. Um, sorry, I'm pulling up my Apple music to uh. <laughs> see what I've been into. Cause you know me, I'm, I've always got everything going on. Um, oh, let's see here. Me too. Kind of um, all over the board. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I guess as far as 2023 goes, my highlights were the new Suffocation. Um, I definitely fuck with that heavy. Hell yeah. I think, I think their new guy is a great fit. And um, I don't think they could have found anybody that gave me that same feeling as the first time I heard Frank Mullen, right. you know, do his vocals. Um, I thought it was, yeah, that was really good. Um, same with Sugabog was real big if you like that meat and potatoes um death metal it's just i mean it's it's it makes you feel like a caveman <laughs> hell yeah it's well, real good and they just had that thing with uh ronnie radke right oh boy yeah yeah i think it's still going if i'm not mistaken but probably um i'd like to see it happen that's just me <laughs> but uh um be funny as shit yeah that's for sure uh Let's see here. Um, in the more black metal realm, I really liked. Uh, I'm probably gonna butcher this name, but um, Dodheimsgard. They put out a record called Black Medium Current. That's a lot more than just black metal. Um, okay. it's obviously that at heart, but there's a lot of different types of sounds in there. Um, a lot of uh industrial beats and a lot of jazz going on. Um, it's it's a very eclectic um mesh of sounds for sure i thought that was probably my most adventurous record of last year okay um and uh dying fetus as always they were real good um i've i'm sure there's plenty i mean you know sure, me. for I'm sure he's listening to stuff so yeah yeah Go, i was just talking uh there's a a band from louisville stonecutters stonecutters yep i know those guys yeah, so Brian, Brian's a buddy of mine. Mm -hmm. Well, he was telling me about his my own victim days. Okay. So, so back in uh probably ninety, I think he said ninety two, they played a a festival in Dayton, and it was internal bleeding, my own victim, dying fetus, <laughs> and, and a bunch, you know, a bunch of others, and it, you know, it's so funny because like all those bands started right about then. Oh yeah, absolutely. That real, um, what's known as slam, you know what I mean? If yeah. you want to call that a genre, I just, to me, slam, to me, slam is just a style of riff, um, which obviously a lot of those bands like internal bleeding and pyrexia, um, dying feudus used, utilized a lot of that, yeah. um, you know, obviously leaned into that hard, um that style of riffing but really you know brutal death metal is what's most accurate but yeah no that's really that's really fucking cool to 
um hear about that that's a dream <laughs> yeah i could only imagine seeing that in its infancy like that uh yeah same right like that that probably would have been just fucking nuts to to witness right and to not only witness it but be a part of it i'm like all right brian you know yeah right no i get i get it josh is the same exact way with all the bands that he's talked about and played with over the years he always tells me the one one of the big ones that i always remember him talking about was when summon played um i don't remember if it was here in michigan or like it might have been at harpo's or something Mm -hmm. um a big show with uh bunch of death metal bands a bunch of prominent death metal bands at the time and lamb of god who was very young at the time i think they might have had new american gospel out okay um and he said that everybody on the bill was like almost like picking on them (laughs) yeah was almost like picking on them because it was like all this you know satanic death metal black metal shit and then there's a band called lamb of god yeah you know what i mean um but as he said as soon as they as soon as they went on and played it was i mean it was no contest you know what i mean like right everybody could tell there is a reason why they were there so he got to you know hang out with chris adler and they got to you know fart around the drums and you know show each other shit and whatnot but he always has stories like that lamb of god and origin and you know he's known those guys for the longest time um the day that covid hit we were playing with origin and defeated sanity in uh detroit like we had gotten the news that night after we had stepped off stage that everybody has to once you once you leave here you have to go home and you are gonna stay home (laughs) and that's it no i don't want to yeah but that whole night we got to hang out with those origin guys and they remembered josh and it was a it was a cool whole time and whatever so um yeah it's cool being able to know and hang out with somebody like that that had those experiences back in the day and got to see the formation of what we know right as metal and whatnot you know what i mean yeah well you know, you, you take a band like Lamb of God, obviously they're, they're as big as they are because, because of how they do it. Yeah. Right. And they Absolutely. went, they went from, uh, you know, almost changing a new inception, right. A new musical inception with every album. And I, I think like the albums now are, are almost like copy paste. Yeah, no, you're not wrong, especially, Sorry. Hi, Kitty. <laughs> this is Chloe. Hi, Chloe. Yeah, pretty girl. Um, I no, I absolutely agree with you. I think um, so when Lamb of God came out, and well, I might be a little, I guess, a little young for this at the time too, because I didn't really get into them until Wrath was the new thing. You know yeah. what I mean? That was when I was in. 10th grade maybe 2010 right 2010 or 2011 something yeah, like something that like that um so i would have been a sophomore or junior in high school still um but that was 
I mean, when Lamb of God rose to prominence, especially with Ashes of the Wake, and they started really dominating, you know, America and eventually the world with Sacrament, um, a lot of bands took notice to that, and then you started to see a lot of copycat bands like that. And that that just happens. That's just normal. That's oh, yeah. been throughout all of time a band comes up and really changes the game and then there's a legion of copycats that follow along with that um and especially as we go you know more in time and it's harder and harder to come up with something truly original you know that's always going to happen you know what i mean like i still always acknowledge that recorruptor is just a basis of what our influences are we're not doing anything like absolutely unique we just know how to have fun and we know how to play good you know it's not we don't think we're changing the world or anything and i know that's the case for a lot of bands you know um yeah i think i think most bands right they get together because they want to have fun and they are inspired by other bands right like it's uh you take four or five even three people, whatever, come together and write songs and, and the band itself ends up being the sum of everything that inspires all of them. That's yeah. why, right, you get a new member and the the sound changes a little bit, right? You're going from, like, look at uh, Metallica, you know, from Cliff to Jason to Rob, right? Mm-hmm. Those inceptions mm-hmm. changed. Yeah, it's an insane... Metallica could have put out the same record for 40 years and they would have been just fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the fact that they have changed so much over the years, especially starting, I mean, even as early as Justice, I mean, it's not like Justice is the same as the other ones before, even, you know. Look at Kill Em All. Well, right, right exactly. You I got- mean, Ride the Lightning is such an intense step up in that department. I mean, who will you're you know you're a fan of metallica in 1983 you wouldn't have guessed the next year they would have put out a ballad you know what i mean right they've always been ahead of the curve um in terms of well maybe not the last couple albums but that's that's (laughs) that's just me they're dude they've earned it they can do whatever they want at this point that's my opinion yeah Um, you know i actually like um what the what was the last album well, the newest one or the one before that? Oh, well, the one before it was Hardwired. Yeah, and then 72 Seasons was That's the last right. one. Um, yeah. It's good, you know, like they play. They play well, and I just, you know, it's it's a little by the numbers for my taste, but that's okay. I don't sure. know, it, doesn't matter. it doesn't necessarily matter how I feel about it. They still sell really well, and they're still packing out arenas, and yeah, which they're is, doing something right. <laughs> you know what so, I mean? So wild to look at what it, what are we with 40 years into, you know, to their, their mm-hmm. inception and they, they go from sleeping in anthrax's, uh, you know, rehearsal space yeah. to, you know, now they're like, yeah, come they on, anthrax. Much live in a moving hotel. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, it's wild. And it's, it's like a city that follows them. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's, it's no question how important that band is. They're, behind black sabbath the most important metal band in the world in my opinion it's not even close no i would agree with you absolutely you know black sabbath metallica like those two of the biggest right yeah 
metal yeah, bands. Say, of... Yeah, Sabbath, Metallica, and Maiden are probably the three most important, mm. in my opinion. I guess it Maiden's influence isn't as prevalent in modern metal as it used to be, but that doesn't mean there isn't still a whole legion of kids that's trying to learn Ace is High and Number of the Beast, and you sure. know what I mean. Like it's a big, it's a big stepping stone for well, can... a lot of people still. I think you got to throw Slayer in with that too. I would agree with that too. Slayer yeah. is Slayer as far as extreme music goes is probably the most important band there is. I yeah. don't think it's a question. Um, no, not at all. It's the way. I mean, even still for like death metal becoming a thing around that time too rain and blood is still heavier than a lot of those albums oh it's it's visceral you can't get that kind of sound from a lot of you know a lot of those early death metal bands it's not dogging it i love all that shit death obituary you know bolt thrower stuff like that morbid angel it's whatever you know what i mean and that that had its place and it's you know still near and dear to my heart but fuck man like hella weights is just unreal it's (laughs) that yeah like they're that's one of those bands the whole discography is just like just fucking fantastic and Mm -hmm. it's you know you you see them progress through the years right and yeah no i agree and yeah even still they're a band that's done it's always been unapologetically slayer but they've always done a good job at um you know making it a point to uh have different things on each album especially after because i mean like i said with rain and blood it's like one of the most berating albums of all time and they could have just gone that route the whole way through and instead south of heaven just slows it down a little bit i mean there's still some you know obviously fast stuff on it but sure opening the record like that i don't think anybody expected that at the time you know and then they even doubled down on that with seasons in the abyss and it's just like the whole way afterwards it's been something different each and every time i absolutely fucking hate it when people say that slater or slayer is a one-trick pony and they have done the same record over and over it's like you guys are not listening to the same slayer that i'm listening to in yeah, my opinion <laughs> it's they're not acdc you know what no. i mean no no and even still if um if having that unique of a sound is a bad thing then fuck me i guess <laughs> <laughs> i right. love acdc too so I don't yeah <laughs> well no it's like but they're uh you know i i just bring up acdc yeah. i'm not i'm Oh yeah, no, it's no question that they have definitely written the same album fifteen times. It's yeah. <laughs> it yeah. it is the case. It is it is the case, but they're still ACDC, so <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. But you you know we've got bands who do that, right? They write the same album over and over and over again, and then we've got bands who constantly evolve, and both of them have their place. And the funniest thing is, it doesn't matter which one you are fans fucking hate that you do oh, whatever yeah. that thing mm-hmm. is yep i think you know? you're either gonna yeah you're either... in a way yes i think those kind of fans are just the loudest but sure. you still have a whole entire legion of people that 
well like i for you know tracing back to lamb of god you know it's kind of no secret that the last few albums they've pretty much been you know doing a lot of the same stuff and not really doing a, you know like there might be a couple tracks throughout the record where they kind of try something new and whatnot yeah. and that's dope and whatnot but mo for the most part every prevalent single on the last three albums have kind of been lamb of god you know and that's yeah. not a bad thing you know all the you know there's a there's a bunch of people that say you know they haven't really changed it up in a long time but i mean they're obviously bigger than ever so i don't really know no, what I mean, you're ever going to say to convince them to change what they're doing you know well I mean? oh they're not they're not going to you're no. absolutely right there you know i think especially after randy did that you know that stint in hungary or, or wherever he was you know yeah. he got out i i saw that tour when he got out them and hate breed and man yeah you could you could That's see who the i was talking about that the other day that same tour and I couldn't remember who that other band was. It was Haybreed. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, Randy and Jamie are, are good buddies, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he's on a song of theirs, yeah. too. On yep. the, uh, on the, is it self-titled or? I think it's the self-titled. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. He's on a song of Lamb of Gods. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so, I mean. It is what it is. Every single there's a you're like you said, there's a bunch of bands that are going to just stick to their formula because they know that's what works. And I mean, as long as they're having fun with it, I do not care. And yeah. Lamb God clearly seems like they're still having a good time. So well, and I I just saw um it was probably a couple years ago, last year maybe. No, it was twenty two, I think. We went to Nashville and it to see Megadeth and Lamb of God was on that show. Yeah you know like yeah, yeah i bet that was sick yeah they they put on a great show right mm -hmm. every time and it's you it's hard to pass up right you go see a band i don't care if they make the same album for the next 40 years right when yep it can be the same album you keep putting on a great fucking show i'm gonna go and see it 100 percent. Mm -hmm. i'm that way with meshuga meshuga is that band for me they could they could drop hot farts on a record and I'd buy it. It's, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, obviously if you pay attention to the music, there's a lot of different nuances within each and every record that are different. But that being said, it's always Meshuga, And that's what I love about it. Um, but that being said, if a band like Mastodon stayed the same, throughout the years i probably wouldn't like that as much because what i do appreciate them is how progressive they are and how yeah. they're always doing something different um they're always keeping their fans on their toes and some people like that some people don't you know what i mean but it clearly is working for them again still massive. You know, another great live show right yeah with like uh did you go to the mastodon gojira lorna shore mm -hmm. yeah i did like unreal <laughs> oh man like yeah. so i'm i love mastodon i'm a big gojira fan mm -hmm. right just because they're a little bit different so it was it was i did the fucking meet and greet with gojira and i i walk in and the whole band gives me a big hug and i'm like oh sick i love you guys like even <laughs> more now right yeah they seem like very warm people they are they are they're yeah. they're they just want you know, love and, and, uh, kindness and humanity. Nice. Nice. You know, so, but that, 
the whole fucking bill, right, is solid because Lorna Shore is solid at what they yes. do. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, like when I saw him, it was Lorna Shore, then Gojira, then Mastodon. Okay. Yeah, when I saw him, it was um, flip-flopped. Okay. So Gojira closed it out. Yeah. Which I, who I don't know. So I love Gojira debatably more than Mastodon. Okay. It's very close. They're yeah. they're both probably top ten bands for me. Um so having or having that bill announced, I was like, there's no question I'll chop a leg off. I'm going. Right. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Um I I would say Mastodon probably won it out for me that night, which is hard for me to say. I wow. yeah, dude. I mean, but I don't know if you had the same set list that we did, but their set list was perfect. It they kept the new songs like not i loved the new record but they kept the new songs maybe i think they maybe played three oh, across wow. their like 17 song set something like that and all of it all the rest of it was pretty much old shit all the stuff that i'm so big on and whatever um and their lights show is insane all of their visual effects oh yeah everything about it and they sounded just premium um that was my second time seeing mastodon and they were great both times but that time was just insane off the charts gojira also played super well and they played a lot of my favorites that i did not expect them to play um but i don't know man just something about mastodon set really hit me that time yeah 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 i've seen you know i've probably seen mastodon six seven eight times something like that yeah and it's a lot of times in a festival setting uh-huh. and and they're great actually the first time i saw them was at louder than life okay nice and and they they crushed it and i was just like wow you know all right i'm really gonna dig into you now right goes you're same thing right first time i saw them was louder than life and i would say in Nashville, when I saw that that lineup, it was Gojira for me. Yeah, for right? sure. Uh, yeah, but I I would say yeah that time Mastodon was the best for me. But the time previous that I saw Gojira is a top five show for me. So oh, right on. Yeah, I saw them with um, Tesseract, who I don't really care about, um, and Carbomb open. Carbomb, if you're not familiar, is um uh it's a math core band but they're more related they're more they've got a lot more mashuga influence in it not so much the bouncy but the polyrhythms um okay. it's it's bonkers if you haven't listened to it you should um just for just to say that you have at least if you don't like it but <laughs> but it was yeah those three bands and car bomb only did the two shows um that were surrounding us in new york Um, And it was Joe's birthday. So it was like a really big night. Um, They played everything perfect. And it was just one of those shows where you couldn't stop moving. Even if you wanted to stand still, somebody was moving you. Hell (laughs) yeah. It was perfect. So yeah. Love cool stuff for sure. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Hell yeah. Well, I mean, sounds like I think we've been through about everything tonight. Ah, I could go more. <laughs> yeah. I could go more and more. I like talking music, man. Hell yeah, me too. It's, uh-huh. uh, you know, for me, it's, uh, 
music started, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you, I tell everyone this cause it's the truth. Music started. Um, I was a fan of Michael Jackson and Lionel Richie. Nice. <laughs> so I saw Michael Jackson in like March of 1984 on the thriller tour. Wow. That's awesome. Kind of showing my age there. Oh, come on now. <laughs> uh, uh, but that is, you know, th I think that I attribute that to what got me into live music because there's there. I don't think there's another performer that uh, that's alive today that could that could do what Michael Jackson no, did. It's not it's not a question. It's right? it's not even a question. That was so revolutionary at that time. It still is. I mean, people still can't pull that off. Those songs yeah. are still immensely classic. Oh, it's, yeah. You know, that record still sells insanely well every week, which is unreal. You know what I mean? Like, same thing like how with Metallica's success, they still sell the Black Album. They still sell copies of that like crazy every week. Yeah. Which is insane. The album's That's... like 30 years old. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh God, it's gotta be what, thirty one or thirty two? Thirty three years old. It's thirty three? Oh yeah, twenty four. Yeah. Nope. Golly. Nope. That's, uh, that's, <laughs> I remember when that album came out, I was like, Oh Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get that too. You know, there's a it, I think that's just, you know, always going to be kind of a generational thing, too, because I I mean, it's not my first Metallica listen, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's the first one I heard, but it's not my first go to um, nowadays. Um, that being said, though, you know, if I hadn't heard some of those songs at an early age, it's, it wouldn't have formed who sure. I am, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think wherever I may roam, I have been one of the first like metal songs I ever heard. Oh, wow. It was either that or Ace of Spades. Oh, so, wow. yeah. Motorhead. God, yeah. I love Motorhead. Motorhead's so sick. Always will be. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, I see it from that perspective. You know what I mean? It's like, this is, a you know, a legacy thing, you know, that's still shared around and it, you know, it gets a lot of people into music at, you know, still, that being said, if I was the type of music listener I am now, and I would I had experienced the Black Album at that time, it, like if I was a Metallica fan, I probably would have fucking hated it. Yeah. Well, so I didn't hate it. I was like, like I'll I'll listen to it. It's, yeah. but it's not. You know, it's like it's not like the last three, and this is. That's why I bring up brought up the point with like kill them all because for so long I was one of those guys like man it's not early Metallica but shit mm -hmm. you you look back at early Metallica and early Metallica is not early Metallica right, right? Yeah. you go go from super thrashy you know kill them all to you know oh, this orchestrated ride the lightning master of puppets right and this the super super dark and justice for all yeah you know and then it's like oh well, we're going to move into the black album. Well, shit. Right. You know, yeah. but it, it's just a, it's that constant evolution. Mm -hmm. And know? then, you know, at face value too, the black album kind of seems like a step back. It doesn't seem like, you know, it seems like they're playing it safe a little bit, but if anything, they took a bigger chance on that doing uh, stuff like that. Absolutely you know agree. I mean? Yeah. 
it's not it is to me it's not a safe album in the slightest it takes a lot it not only to not only to dial it back um in that way but to dial it back and make that kind of song structure work and be as influential as it is i don't think they probably ever thought that those songs would have been as massive as they are who knows you know what i mean i'm sure they probably had it in their minds that people are gonna laugh at them for nothing else matters you know what i mean yeah but it's it's clearly one of the biggest songs of all time by any artist ever so oh yeah and unforgiven like they yeah right like they just did their thing and and regardless right you've you're right it kind of feels like a step back but they they deserve respect because they they totally stepped out of you know the the super heavy world that Mm -hmm. they had been living in and did that album and you know bob rock i think i feel like he brought a lot out of them Mm -hmm. that they didn't necessarily know and that's that's about the time james was like starting to learn to sing and not just yeah not just you know bark it yeah time you know what i mean you know i feel you yeah i definitely agree with that point about bob rock too i don't think that record would have come out nearly as important if it wasn't for him right he really pushed that band big time yeah yeah and sometimes i think as a band you need that right you need someone who's gonna really say hey uh you need to do this and this like i was just talking with uh keith wampler from the convalescence Mm -hmm. and he he this last album harvest harvesters of flesh and bone yep right he was they were planning on going to canada and record it of course covid and all that shit happened yeah they recorded with someone else and what they thought was going to be just a real quick time they essentially oh they get... sorry <laughs> is she over there meowing at you yeah, yeah. <laughs> go ahead uh, sorry no you're good uh so they get they get to the studio with this new producer and they had to redo all their pre-production and you know Keith says he really feels like the new guy help them get to that next level as a band which is yeah i agree with that too because we um we supported them on their um one of their show one of their release shows on that tour um the little small run they just did in november with volcandra and um cascade robbery they didn't play that show but they were on that tour um and I, you know, I told Keith, because Keith and I have known each other for quite some time. Um, and I told Keith, I've, you know, I've always liked the band. Um, but this one is such a much bigger step up, in yeah. my opinion. It's, um, it really feels way more intricate. The structuring of the songs are much more memorable, in my opinion. And that's, you know, you know, that's great for them because they already have, you know, great songs like scum you know what i mean like they've already been doing that but now it's just like up to another level in my yeah. opinion i uh, really enjoyed it and i was really surprised too because i'd spent that whole week listening to the new suffocation record <laughs> and i honestly i told him i was like i haven't gotten to check the record out yet but i got to see them play most of it so <laughs> yeah and i was just like fuck 
this is way different. <laughs> yeah. And it's, you know, and it's good to see them. It's nice to see them right progress. I like to see any band who's going to, you know, come out and they're going to plug away and do their thing, whatever that thing is, you know, and I'm going to say step outside the box, but it, it's not necessarily stepping outside the box. It's just trying something new it might be a producer or, you know, grabbing a different musician or, or just right. Po mm -hmm. Finding, finding that perspective from fellow musicians. Hey, what can we do better? Yeah. You know? And I think, yeah. And um, we're kind of in that ballpark now too, with um, the guy that we're working with. It's the same dude that did the funeral corridor, but um, at that time we were the first band that he'd ever recorded. That wasn't his own band. Um, we just liked his own band's product. So we said, yes, let's go down that route. And he was giving us a good deal at the time. Now he's done a lot of recordings and he's done a lot more um, different things to where we've only recorded one song in the studio right now because we just started last weekend and he's already pushed that song to a different territory than we anticipated. Hell yeah. Uh, like it's funny how you i guess i don't know if that's necessarily the case with other bands but with us it's funny how like we kind of have this product that's so bare bones until we go into the studio and michael you know will just throw this and that out and it just changes everything entirely and you just hear it in this different light and it's like fuck i did not think it could sound like this you know so yeah always important to have a good producer in my yeah. opinion even I, if you're good at it yourself and you can do the, you know obviously self-production is cool too if you can make it work but i always think having that second opinion is a beneficial thing well i would agree you know i i look at it like if you live in a house with 73 dogs and 27 cats you become nose blind to what's going on in there. And someone from the outside, right. right. Is going to say, Oh shit. Well, no, you really got to clean this up. Cause it's, it's terrible, yeah. dude. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and you know, not the, not the same with music, but Hey, you can no, do this I mean, better. You, right. Yeah. In a way it is though. You're right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, it is important. Yeah. Um, so you got Recorruptors got the new album or mm -hmm. working on the new album. What, uh, what shows do you guys have planned coming up this year? Uh, the only thing that we have, um, firm in the books right now is we're playing in Kalamazoo once again for March 15th at a house venue called the runoff. We're going to be supporting mouthful locusts and their album release um necrium's on it they're cool they're a cool tech death band out of that area um and shakedown is a hardcore band from that area uh and i'm not remembering who the other band is but it'll be a good time man i'm really excited i haven't played a house show since uh 2015 or 16 maybe so yeah it's been a minute yeah yeah, we've been playing like a lot of legit venues since then, but uh, Hell yeah. our show will be cool. That'll be we'll fun. To get in everybody's face. It'll get rowdy. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> but once the record comes out, we'll um, we're not sure if we're gonna do a big one in Lansing or if we're gonna do 
two album release shows back to back in Detroit and Grand Rapids, but that'll happen too. And then, and then, uh, hopefully touring is the, is the idea. Hell yeah. So touring, uh, what does that look like? Do you want to get out for like a week? Probably two. Okay. Probably two for starters, depending on, I mean, it's still pretty up in the air because we want to send this one off to see if we can, you know, get some label support Mm -hmm. on it um, and sign on with management, hopefully. Um, Obviously, weigh the options because, you know, that game, that whole game changes every day, too. But uh, um, if that works, it works. And then we'll kind of just go with the flow of, you know, what we get offered. But that being said, you know, if we're still independent, we'll probably find another band or two to hit a two week run and we'll probably do the um probably do the New England route down through to I don't know if we'll go much farther south in Tennessee, but we would like to route through to Tennessee and then okay. wrap around back through to probably as far west as South Dakota. So kind of a whole Midwest um New England thing. Yeah. Well, you got to come to Kentucky. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Louisville is one of the only out-of-state places that we played. So, or technically Florence, but... Okay. Yeah. So, uh, where'd you guys play at in Florence? We did a we did a show at a skate park there, Ollie's. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, this was back in 17 or 18, something like that. And we one of Dustin's um, friends had like a whole skate park um, convention, I guess. I don't know. That sounds lame when you say it like that. (laughs) He, I mean, it was, it was a skate fest, you know, Um, super session was what it was called. Um, That had a few bands play and there's a couple, yeah. A couple of like indie bands and stuff. And then they wanted us to play and we went and we pretty much just, put up right next to the half pipe and just played for all the people that were skating around and it was pretty cool they they do uh they do a music fest here in in one of the skate parks actually there's there's two that go in skate parks one's in riot uh ld lbdd fest or something Mm -hmm. um which hate breed is headlining oh wow nice march the other one is no comply where they do it at the outdoor skate park and uh what maybe they've had two so far and it's like thousands of kids come out and pack that place it is insane that's awesome dude that's so cool i love stuff like that man i love it yeah i would definitely do something like that louisville's really got a you know really solid scene they um Brian Omer's uh, Stonecutters just did the uh, the split seven inch release with Bat Wizard. Okay, and that show it sold out in like thirty minutes. That's insane! Like, wow, doors open and they're like turning people away. Jeez, that's crazy. It was nuts, dude. It was so <laughs> awesome. So it would be great to have you guys come and, and you know check out actual Louisville's uh, you know scene. Yeah, not, for sure. We know, definitely not... uh keep in contact with you about that one. I'll see uh Well, talk to 
uh oh man brian yeah yeah for sure he does metal monday at uh highlands tap room highland tap room and that thing is it's a another one like every monday night that place is fucking packed with dude that's awesome for a monday wow yeah (laughs) yeah so a couple of options for you there um and you guys got a place to crash you can crash at my place love it love it always appreciate you hell yeah uh well i'm gonna it's getting late i gotta go go eat some dinner and feed my dogs and all that good stuff for sure yeah, so. no worries, man. I appreciate you having me on. It's been fun. It's always fun. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a great conversation. Definitely. You know, all over the place. Um, really yeah. looking forward to the new uh recorruptor stuff. Thanks, man. It'll be it'll be good, I promise. <laughs> uh, I'm sure it will, dude. It's I I enjoy it. I'll I enjoy what you have out already. So mm-hmm. all right. Have have a great night, Clint. Thanks right. again. You too. See ya.